Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode 41. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, where we are building profitable food businesses, one product, one process, one thought at a time. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannensteel. afternoon, everybody. This is Dr. P coming to you with Podcast Live. We are doing episode 41, and we are doing Stop Overeating for Foodpreneurs. And this is the second in, uh, this is going to be a two-part series uh, as we talk about protocols. And I am teaching Stop Overeating in the Power Group this month because how we approach one thing is how we approach everything and if you are looking to figure out how to show up to your food business one of the ways that you can learn how to do this is how you show up to the everydayness of your food uh, you know everybody eats right uh, need your farmer three times a day <laughs> as we like to say but um we're covering this because the way we approach one thing is the way we approach everything. And when we talk about stop overeating, today we're going to talk about habits and habitual thinking and that sort of thing. And we're and I'm really doing this because the food conversation is so fraught in the food industry and it's an amazing conversation to have because so much transformation is available around something we don't even talk about. Nobody talks about the epidemic of obesity when we all get together and we eat. And there are plenty of us who have uh, um, more than one body image issue. We have eating issues and things like that. And that's not to say this, this, you know, this is life coaching, this isn't therapy. If you have diagnosed eating issues, this is not, you know, to take the place of therapy and, and a medical advice and that sort of thing. However, if you spend too much time thinking about what you're going to eat and when you're going to eat it and, and like just stressing out about the whole food conversation with you, this is the podcast that you need to listen to. All right. Now I know some of you are out there and they're like, and you're like, dude, I don't even have a problem with what I eat. And I'm totally annoyed and I'm not listening to Dr. P today. And what's going to happen is, is I bet you probably spend way too much time thinking about the food you are eating anyway, whether you listen to me today or not. Right. And so we're going to solve all of that for you because we are going to talk about mindset around how we change our minds. And we're going to talk about the small habits and what we can do to create big results. And then what it means when I say we are going to live in protocol. And if you stick around to the end of the episode, I have a super download for you. And um, I will tell you how to get that download at the end of the episode. So let's dive like right on in. Okay. And so let's just start with like the very first thing that I don't even have a problem with what I eat. And for some of you, that may be true. And you know, like bully for you, um, you can also apply all of this work to over drinking. <laughs> okay. And so you can think about, you know, you know, you can, you can just think about this podcast around over, over drinking instead of overeating. And 
the truth is, is that most of us spend a lot of emotional energy on figuring out what we're going to eat, when we're going to eat it, and who we're going to eat with. You know, we have a whole culture and some of us, you know, make a living by immersing ourselves in the culture of really pleasurable food. And that's totally okay. And I promise you, like when I'm teaching Stop Overeating in the power group, we are not talking about deprivation. We are not talking about diets. Like, dude, Susan Hyatt says, people, let's pay attention to the wage gap, not the thigh gap. Because what's important is what you spend your emotional energy on. And the process I'm going to teach you today is all about spending less emotional energy on the food you consume and more emotional energy on building your business so you can create the community and the wealth that you're looking to create with your food. And stopping overeating and instituting what I'm going to talk about today is like the way to do that. And once you can do it with your own food, you will show up to all your standard operating procedures, your HACCP plan, your preventive controls plan and stuff way better because you will see how it all translates. <laughs> okay. So let's just, let's just start with um, thinking about, are we able to change our minds? So now, there are plenty of people who say that adults don't change their minds. Like, people don't change. That is a really unfortunate way to live, and I think it's bullshit because I have dramatically changed. <laughs> and thank God for that. <laughs> so I think that people do change, and I think that we can change in real and positive, transformative ways when we are intentional about it. Okay, and that's what this podcast is all about. It's all about changing how you show up to work and how you show up to your own life. Okay, so change is real and change can happen, all right? And we talk about change around here through mindset work, which is changing your thoughts. Most of us try and change the world around us. We try and change the people around us. That's a pretty popular one. Um, we try and do stuff so that we can feel better. Okay. The only thing that you need to do to feel better about you and your food consumption is to change your thoughts. Okay. If you like the way that you look and you love your body, rock on with your bad self. And then you can go and take a, and apply all of that love that you have for yourself to all of your systems at work. And that would be amazing. Okay. But for the rest of us who have negative self-image, self-loathing, you know, all the way to like body dysmorphia, I mean, you know, like body dysmorphia is, is pretty real, folks. <laughs> and the way out of body dysmorphia, the way out of the spin and the overwhelm around your food is through your thoughts, okay? Because... What do people who are naturally thin think about food? They don't think about food. They just eat food. <laughs> okay. Now, we live in a foodie world and that sort of thing. And so a lot of us get a lot of pleasure out of our food. And so we may think about food and how it... Um, and how it tastes and, and aftertastes and, and, you know, like 
mouthfeel and those sorts of things. And we, by and large, think of food in a much more technical way than most of the rest of the population. Okay. And that's not really what I'm talking about. You know, the constant need to be thinking about when our next meal is, people who are naturally thin are by and large not thinking that. And they have all of that emotional energy available to go do other shit. Now, they may have other habits that they like deal with, and they probably do because they're human, because that's what humans do. All right. But by and large, their mental capacity is not uh, taken up by the food they're going to eat. <laughs> okay. And that's what we have to deal with. But you can only deal with that when you approach it from a thought perspective. Okay. And if you are looking to change your thoughts about food, what if you tried on for size the thought that I am becoming someone who's not obsessed with the food I'm going to eat? I mean, how much change would changing that one thought cause in your life? That would be amazing, right? So try that thought on for size, okay? If you're really struggling with body issues, all right, I promise you it is super difficult to go from, I hate my body as a thought, so you're like, you know, not looking at yourself in the mirror, you never look at yourself like um, in, in, in windows and reflective surfaces and things like that. You run away from the scale and you really hate your body. You are not gonna go immediately from I hate my body to I love my body, okay? It, it just human minds by and large don't work like that, okay? But you might be able to go to, I have a body. You could probably go from, I hate my body to I have a body. You could go from, I hate my body to I am becoming someone who doesn't hate my body that's probably a more believable thought, right? Because if we try and go from I hate my body to I love my body, I love my body doesn't feel believable. So you're not going to act on that belief. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to act on the feeling of believing. And so it's not a useful thought to think right now. You'll get there. You do this work and you can totally get there. But if you are looking for a, a, the next thought to think, if you want out of this cycle, Try on those couple of thoughts. Try on I have a body for a thought and see how that thought makes you feel. Try on I am becoming someone who can have a conversation about food. I am becoming someone who can plan their food. I am becoming someone who can write their food down. I am becoming someone who doesn't hate their body. I am becoming someone who loves myself. Um, you know, so those are all probably pick one of those. You there's like there's a believable thought in there for you. Try that thought on for size. Uh, and that's what we're talking about mindset work. It is literally that simple and kind of also that complicated, right? Try that new thought on for size and see how that thought makes us feel. And then when you have that feeling, see how you act. And out of your action, see what result you get and whether or not you like the result, okay? If you don't like the result, okay, maybe try another thought on, okay? Now, that's not to say your results will all be rainbows and unicorns, my friend. Are you empowered to stand in discomfort in service of your dreams? That's like the E in Strive when I do Strive models with y'all. 
you're not necessarily, as you're going through this, this journey, it's not going to be rainbows and unicorns. It's probably also not going to be cupcakes either. <laughs> okay. We're not banishing cupcakes, but it's not going to be, we're not deriving feeling good from food. Okay. We are deriving feeling good by loving ourselves, knowing that we are whole and worthy and acceptable, no matter what gets done and what is left undone, that we are, we are full of life and we are worthy as we are right now. Okay. That my friend is the beginning of the weight loss journey. Okay. Asking yourself, what would be the loving and kind response to yourself? What would love do? If you're looking for a thought to think about your body, ask yourself, what would love do about your body? Okay. What would love do about your eating choices? And it will radically change everything. Okay. So then the next question is, are you willing to embark on microscopically small habit changes to change everything? Now, if you're not familiar with this idea, I highly recommend going and reading Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, because this is exactly what he talks about, okay? And changing very, very small things in your life and showing up differently to your life can change everything. And it does not have to be go paleo. Okay. That's a pretty radical change. In my life, I do not make any changes that I'm not willing to commit to for the rest of my life. Okay. So as part of my weight loss journey, I decided I needed to drink more water partially because I was like feeling fairly dehydrated and had some after effects of dehydration. And so I said, this is the amount of water I'm going to drink. And then I thought, will I be able to drink this amount of water every day for the rest of my life? And I decided, yeah, I'm totally willing to commit to that. And so I commit to that and I write down what I drink. All right. It's a small change, but I started with asking myself, am I willing to commit to it forever? Because the reason diets don't work is because nobody is willing to commit to forever living on lettuce and air. All right. Because it's, you know, it takes so much willpower and we eventually exhaust our willpower. But if instead we come from thoughts and we change our habits, it doesn't actually take any willpower at all. It really doesn't take any willpower for me to drink all of the water that I drink during the day because I've decided it makes me feel good because it does make me feel good. Okay. What takes willpower is like remembering my sippy cup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's kind of a little bit different, but we're getting there and it's these microscopically small habits. Okay. When you guys like try and institute, I'm going to exercise more. Okay. And the first day you lace up your shoes and you put on couch to 5k and you go and you do a couch to 5k and you're probably good for couch to 5k for like the first three to five ish workouts. And then you miss one and then you miss two and then it's all over. All right. Because nobody can create that level of sustained change over a long period. And there are reams of data to back this up. 
Are some people able to do it? Yes, but the plural of anecdote is not data. It is, I mean, like the amount of weight that I have lost over the last year is statistically impossible to lose. <laughs> That's how bad we are at sticking to diets and sticking to habit changes. Okay. And so I want you to like throw away the idea, oh, well, this person, you know, decided to start running ultra marathons and never quit. I guarantee you there were mindset changes associated with that. All right. So we change our minds uh, and we, we recognize that our minds can change and then we change our habits and we pick one habit to change. And the habit I'm going to teach you is a protocol. It's an eating protocol. Now, all y'all have protocols coming out your ears at work. Standard operating procedures are protocols. HACCP plans are protocols. Preventive controls, protocols. Customer complaints, you have a protocol for that. And if you don't, you should and join our power group and I'll give you one. But like, you live in protocol at work and it makes everything way, way easier. Well, the truth is, is it's the same thing at home. All right. And what is a protocol except a decision ahead of time? All right. You are not deciding how to clean your facility every single time you do it, or at least I hope you are not doing that because that is wicked inefficient. Well, we do the same thing with food. All right. You're going to decide 24 hours ahead of time what you're going to eat. Okay. That's deciding ahead of time. And then you're going to apply Dr. Fan and Steele's magic formula. You're going to write it down and you're going to do it no matter what. And then you're going to self-coach yourself on what happened. Does that sound familiar? It should sound familiar because I teach this to you almost every week, <laughs> okay? And the reason I teach it to you is because it works. It totally, totally works. You make a decision, you write it down, you do it no matter what, and then you ask what happens, okay? It's the same thing with food, okay? And there are bigger and smaller ways that you can do protocols. And if you're interested in working with me on that, I'm totally open to working with folks on protocols. You could also join the power group and like do stop of reading. But the thing is, is that no matter what you decide to write, if you eat only that, it will radically transform your life. Radically transform your life. If you only eat what you write down and then you self coach on the process, you will never be the same. You will never approach anything in your life the same way again because you will find out that the worst thing that can happen to you is a feeling like you have an urge to eat brownies and you decide, you decided like an, the day before, the you know, a week before, whenever you're writing your protocol. That's not on your protocol for the day. Do you have to deal with the urge? Absolutely. But you know what? You will have the emotional energy to deal with the urge. And you just accept the urge and say, ha, huh, I see you there urge to eat that brownie. I totally recognize you. Uh, hey, self, I really see that urge. And the truth is, like, studies show that all you have to do is, like, sit with your urge for 17 seconds and the urge will dissipate. Now, I'm not talking about resisting the urge and white-knuckling it and saying, 
oh my God, that brownie looks so good, but I know I'm not going to supposed to eat it. I know I'm not supposed to eat it. That is totally not what I'm talking about. Okay. You will run out of emotional energy doing that. That is not different than saying you're going to lose a bunch of weight by starting to run ultra marathons. Okay. So we don't resist. We breathe into the urge. We recognize that the urge is there. Okay. And then we move through the urge and we build up this self-confidence that we can show up to our own decisions. How would that feel in your life if you had that level of self-confidence that you knew that if you said you were going to do something, you would do it no matter what? That's how you build all the amazing changes. That's how you get the transformation in your life. And the truth is, is that living in protocol is so much easier because you're not spending all of that emotional energy wondering whether or not you're going to eat something. The answer is either yes or no. You deal with the urge and you move on. It is the key to living your life to the fullest. Because then you can take all of your emotional energy that you are not wasting and you can go out into the universe and you can solve problems and you can create value for your customers and you can create value within your relationships. And you can, I mean, you like think of all the problems you could solve. The average woman has spent 31 of her, her years on earth dieting by the time she dies. Like, dude, that's an epic waste of talent, all right? And so maybe for men, it's 20 years, two decades. Come on, think of the problems we could solve in the universe if we all just decided to live in protocol. And the protocol doesn't really have to be restrictive. But once you start showing up with, with mindset and mindfulness around your protocols, you're going to automatically start eating less. It is amazing how little food the human body actually needs to survive. Um, and you'll start paying attention to your body and how your body feels after you eat something. And you will naturally gravitate, I promise, you will naturally gravitate to eating the foods that feel good and nourish and energize your body and not the foods that make you feel like crap. Okay. On this journey that I have been on around life coaching and losing weight and all of this sort of stuff, I sort of mostly gave up drinking. I didn't mean to give up drinking. I haven't cut alcohol out entirely, but who Nelly, I don't drink nearly as much. Because I've learned how to pay attention to my body and my body just doesn't want it. I don't crave it. I'm not like, you know, like I'm like, oh, okay. I, you know, like, and maybe sometimes I want a glass of wine or sometimes I want a beer, you know, it's the summertime and a beer is fun sitting on the porch or whatever. But like, I don't, I don't think about it. I, I just don't think about it that much anymore. When I write my food protocols, I like by and large don't think about food anymore. And I can take all of that emotional energy and use it to be the person that the universe is calling me to be. And dudes, that's like way more fun than anything I could do about thinking about food. 
<laughs> and that's how I've gone about all the transformation in my life. And that transformation is completely open to you. So if you are interested in that kind of transformation and you're willing to like step outside your comfort zone and think about doing this in a different sort of way, then go to sfbdi.com slash episode 41 and download the food journal. All right. I am giving you the food journal that I use with my weight loss clients and it sets out seven days of food journaling. All right. And just read the journal, do the thought downloads and show up to the work and see how you feel after seven days. I'm not going to lie. You might feel like crap. Um, okay. If you decide that you are going to eat only what you said you're going to eat, totally not unicorns and roses, but totally worth it because you will find out what it feels like to show up to yourself no matter what. And that is a learned and learnable skill. And I'm offering you the tool to learn how to do that. So sfbdi.com slash episode 41. And it's totally, I mean, like it's totally free. Just give us your name and your email and you can do the, do the exact work that I have done to lose 70 pounds over the last year. It's life-changing. I totally promise. And if you do really like all of this work that we're doing, this mindset work and how to show up to what you're doing in your life, well, we are doing an in-person event that I would love to invite you to. Go to sfbdi.com slash the prism event. And I will... It, and you can like see the, um, what we're doing August 16th in the office, we're going to have a whole day long seminar around the proofing box concept. And we're going to use it to really ask ourselves powerful questions and change our mindsets around how we show up in integrity and acceptance and compassion. It is going to be a beautiful, amazing day. And I would love to see you there. And you can get all the info on the proofing box. So join our Facebook Facebook group. We have that and we've got all that information there on the, on the proofing box. So thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody have a super beautiful week. You've been listening to Dr. Michelle Fannin Steele on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. We hope you loved the show. For more information and show notes, please find us at sfbdi.com. Thanks for listening.